Proverbs 29, verse 18 says this. It says, where there is no vision, the people what? What does it say? They perish. Where there's no vision for your life, you just kind of meander through it. You just kind of try to get by. Uh, one version of the Bible, NIV, says where there is no re- revelation, people cast off restraint. If there's no vision for your life, you just kind of go for whatever you feel is right. And we recognize that that really doesn't always end so well. Because everyone ends up somewhere. This is one of the thoughts we've kind of carried through this. Everyone ends up somewhere, but few end up there on purpose. And I believe God's called us to be a people of purpose. I believe God's called us to be a people that, that understand he has a vision for our lives. Psalm 139 says, when you were knit together in your, in your mother's womb, I don't know why it says knit, I don't know why I did that, but anyway, it says you were knit together in your mother's womb, it says that God had a plan for your life laid out. There were days ahead of you that he foresaw that he wants to be carried out in your life. So we come into this world with great purpose and meaning, that's why we, we, we love uh, the little babies. We celebrate life. We are for life at Hope Church because right there, they enter into this world with this great purpose and meaning and value that God alone has placed on them. And church, we recognize that gives us a reason to say, God, we want to go toward your purpose for our lives. You know, I, I know what it feels like, and I think every one of you do, to be stuck in a rut sometimes, don't you? You know, we can get stuck in, ruck in, in ruts in our relationships we can get stuck in ruts in our, in our worship, our ministry. We can get stuck in ruts in many, many areas of our lives. And, and one thing I know about ruts, I grew up a little rural. Anybody grew up in rural parts of the world? Anybody besides me? You are all city folk? No, okay. I grew up down my, my house in College Station where I, I lived. Denise can verify because it was crazy out there. We, we had five miles of dirt roads to get to my house. Five miles of dirt roads. Four-wheel drive required certain parts of the life. Now, as a 16-year-old, that was awesome because, you know, it's kind of fun to, like, freewheel it. But one thing I learned about getting stuck, because that was kind of a normal part of life, was that you don't get unstuck by trying harder, okay? The more you step on the gas, the more the wheels spin, right? But yet, isn't that our approach so often in life? Well, I'm just going to try harder, I'm going to try harder at being a good husband. I'm going to try harder at being a better disciple. I'm just going to grin and bear it. I'm just going to push through this. The church is going to tell you, if we try harder, we so often only end up right where we were to begin with. We need a power greater than us to get us unstuck. And thank God we sung about him this morning. Amen. We serve a resurrected king who is all-powerful, who is almighty, and who can bring us out of the places of life where we've gotten stuck and bring us toward his purpose and meaning for us. So this morning what we're going to do, we got, we've gone through about three parts of this series. In fact, uh, we have two left, and we, <laughs> you're going to laugh at the one I chose today. But my goal was is that I would help you have a vision. As we come toward the end of this year, we're going to have a vision for five areas in our lives that we would have a fresh vision for our spiritual life, that we would be different if you came back and you see us in a year from now, that we'd be closer to God, we'd be more like him, that we have a vision for our relationships with others, that people would say, hey, that's a marriage I want, that, that's, a, that's a friendship that I want, because they would see God working in us. We talked about a few weeks ago that we would have a vision for our professional life, that our employers would be thankful that they've hired someone who put their hope and trust in Jesus Christ and lives it out every single day. That our employees would say, I love working for that guy. I love working for that lady because you know what? They love Jesus and they know how to treat people right. And then we're going to talk about God's vision for our finances and also for our physical bodies because we want to know how to move from where we are 
to where God wants us to be. And we've shared it kind of in this frame. We, we've, we've kind of put a vision statement out in and in a, in a statement of where we are. Our, our first one was this. We said, where there is no vision for our relationship with God, we tend to drift. Isn't that true? If we're really not having an understanding of our vision for what it is to be his child, we just kind of drift, and we get close, and we go far away. We come back. We, it's, it's kind of this yo-yo faith, and yet God wants us to be steady in our walk with him. We said when it comes to relationships where there's no vision for our relationship with others, those relationships tend to wither and perish. Guys, I wish that wasn't true, don't you? I wish that wasn't true. You know, in our, in our marriage relationships, we've, we've done a lot of weddings lately, and those that I've, I've pre-counseled for the weddings, y'all, y'all have heard it many times. It's like, look, just because you say I do doesn't mean you stop right there, okay? It means this is the beginning, you, you now grow together for the rest of your life, and I hope it's 50, 60, 70 years. And if you put faith in God and you begin to walk toward him, that relationship will grow but not wither and perish. We said about our work life, but there's no vision for our work life. We tend to work at wasting time and living in frustration because all it is is something we endure to get by. But I believe God has so much more for that. So here's what we're going to do today, and you're going to laugh based on what the day is. But we're going to talk about what is God's vision for our bodies on chili cook-off Sunday. Come on. Come on. It can't get better than that. You see, I, next week we'll finish this series by talking about what is God's vision for finance. Hey, we're all interested in that, right? Because if you get finances right and you get relationships right, can I tell you, life is pretty good. But <laughs> you're coming back next week. I'm ready for that one. Bring it faster. But if you don't have a vision for this whole thing, you don't get to enjoy either one of them, all right? So the Bible has a lot to say about what God's vision is for these bodies, and it's kind of a tough position for us as believers because the Scripture talks about, though, outwardly we are perishing, inwardly we are renewed day by day. There there are a lot of things that point toward, you know, do we really need to be concerned about this area, but yet there's so much Scripture that says, yes, we need to be concerned about what is God's vision for this body. Guess what? You only get one, right? You only get one, and it's the only way we can express who we are to this world that needs Jesus Christ. Now, I wanted to put this one off, honestly, because I really want to drop about five pounds before I taught this, But, um, but, you know, it is pumpkin season at the field house. And we literally drove to the mountains on Friday, Denise and I, to an apple farm. You would think to pick apples, right? No, 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 because they have apple donuts, right? And uh, we drove two hours to get apple donuts. So it's hard in the field house to teach this this morning. But here's the statement. It's going to be on the screen. Where there is no vision for our physical bodies, we tend to cut short our capacity for living out God's dream for our lives. Let that sink in a second. Where there's no vision for our physicalness, we tend to cut short the capacity of living out God's dream for our lives. So, so what does God's word say about this? What does it say about how to take care of this body? Because here's, here's the revelation, the truth that's been kind of driving us in this series. The distance between, all right, remember this, the distance between the truth you know and the truth you live equals the pain you experience. Say, Mike, that's, that's a downer. Well, it's, it's truth, okay? It's, it's something that we need to put underneath us and recognize. If God gives us truth, we need to live by it, because if not, we, we kind of walk in the pain this world has to offer. Now, God's word is practical. Did you know that? God's word has something to say practically about every aspect of life. And, and to, to do this justice this morning, we need to really take a picture of, of where we are, right? 
And, and that can be painful, all right? It's something we just have to admit. If we take a picture of where we are, it can, be a, it can be kind of painful. But can I tell you, this is not a day to beat up on any of us. It's a day to encourage us that we can draw closer to God and we can draw closer to his will and we can follow him with a vision that he has for our lives. Now, my story, this is a hard thing for me. I struggle, struggle, struggle with this part of life. I'll be very honest. We're going to talk about motivations in a moment. We're going to talk about, about, about God's plan for us. But I struggle when it comes to the body because I have this real problem with body image. Anybody can, can know what I'm talking about? I was the little short, very overweight kid, all right? I know it's hard to believe now, all right? I'm so tall now. But I was like the little guy. <laughs> You know, I was four foot 11 going into high school, all right? That was not good. I grew seven inches in one summer, so that kind of helped out a lot. But I was always the kid that kind of got made fun of, okay? And because of that, I always struggle with image. I always struggle with, am I, am I too heavy? Am I, am I not lifting weights? And, it, and sometimes my motivations can be totally messed up, and they have nothing to do with God at all. And it wasn't until I really took a time to study and walk through God's Word and say, God, what do you say about me? that I really come to understand the, the, the vision God has for when it comes to our physicalness. Because the world has it all messed up. When the world talks about the body, it's all about image, isn't it? I mean, check out the magazines at the checkout counter, right? Airbrush. Can everybody say airbrush this morning? People do not look like they look on the magazine covers, all right? Or, or the fitness magazine. Some of us will never have six-packs abs in our life or 12-packs or any other pack, you know? We have one-packs. One packs with a belly button in the middle of it. That's as good as it gets, okay? Because most people's bodies aren't made that way. But the world has this image of body that has a lot to do with really uh, just their, their own self-worth, you know? In fact, the world has a lot of motivation. Some of them I get into. Some people look at their bodies and their whole motivation for staying in shape has everything to do with clothes. Can I get a yes on that, right? And I'm that way. If the clothes are fitting good, I'm happy, right? Hey, take the label off with the sizes. As long as I'm fitting in them, you know, I don't have to go buy something new. A lot of people look at it from a standpoint of longevity. And sometimes their motivation is really a fearful motivation that they just don't want to get old. Or they, they don't want to die. It's a fear of death. We sang about this morning. We, we don't have that fear as believers. And can I tell you what? Getting older is pretty cool. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. The 50s have been kind of fun so far. I'm enjoying this. Uh, my hands aren't as strong as they used to be, but, but yet I'm happy, and, and God has blessed me that. And others, really, they get into this body worship. You know, I, I, work, I go to a gym, and it's kind of funny to watch the people down there, man. They're, like, trying to make sure the muscle does just the right thing, and they're looking at the mirror all the time. And I'm like, I don't want to look at a mirror. I, I, don't, I, I just don't. It's not, it's not my deal, all right? So we all know we need to change some things, okay? I think we would agree with that. But here's the thing, and, and let's don't miss this. For our lives to be different, for our lives to be powerful, for our lives to be great, God works where? He works on the inside of us, doesn't he? He works from the inside out. Don't misunderstand. We have a God that looks on the inside of us. He doesn't judge us just on our outward appearance, but yet he does have a lot to say about what we do with these bodies because, again, they're the only physical representation we have to be a witness for Jesus Christ. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to look at, at proper motivations uh, of having a vision for our health, what proper motivations would be like to have a vision for our health. Because here's the thing, if we have no vision, 
<laughs> Come a year from now, we're going to be right where we are, if not worse than we are right now, if we don't have a vision for our health. So these motivations are going to help us. This is not about losing weight, all right? There, there's no doubt that we all probably could drop a little bit, but I can tell you there's some people that are at a, at a perfect weight, but they live totally unhealthy lives, all right? So it's not just about weight. It's about a body that, uh, that honors God by, by taking care of this temple, that he's called us to do. So here's the first motivation this morning. We're going to get into some scripture. The first motivation we should have of taking care of these bodies is so that we can point people to Christ. We can point people to Christ. Maybe you never thought about your body as a witnessing tool, but how else are you going to witness if you don't have a body? You know, it, it just doesn't work real well. You got to be able to speak. You got to be able to live. You got to be able to love. And to do that, we, we got to take care of these cells. Listen, many people try to not live out the words of the Apostle Paul, where he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Your greatest witness is not that you show up for church or that you read the Bible or that you, you know the, the Christian songs. Your greatest witness is how you live your life. And people are watching, they're observing every single day of how we live this life out. Jesus said it's our greatest witness. He said, in fact, we should live in such a way that, that when people see our good works, they would glorify our Father in heaven. In other words, they would see our good works and say, I want that. I want that peace. I want that joy that guy's got. I want that happiness I see in that marriage or that couple. But we need to, to see that. They've got to be able to see these bodies in action. There's a Purdue study out. God bless Purdue. Can't win a football game to save their lives. But anyway, Purdue, um, that was for your Big Ten people. Uh, here's their study. He said, of all the demographics in America, the most overweight are religious people. Now think about that. I know we're having a chili cook-off today, okay? I get it, all right? <laughs> I personally think it's because we're happy, okay? <laughs> because we're happy, we like to eat, and we, you know, I don't know. So there you go. Just throw that out. Just, I couldn't find a better study, okay? But we are part of a health-conscious generation, and we're not trying to be perfect, but we're trying to show them there is a healthy way to live when our focus is on Jesus Christ. And that should impact every part of our lives, because our lives matter. Proverbs ten seventeen says, whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life. Your life matters. So the first thing is we point people to Christ. The second thing is for a motivation to take care of this is that God has called us to be holy. God has called us to be holy. Now let's be honest, that's a term most of us don't get. It's a concept we struggle with because when we think of holy, we think of perfect. But you know, the word holy in the scriptures does not mean perfect at all. That's not what it's talking about. The word holy means to be set apart for a specific purpose. Listen, God wants to put your life on display. Can you understand that this morning? God wants to put your life on display so that others may see that there is a better way to live than the world's way to live. He has this expectation of you and I for us, for us to, to live in such a way that our bodies aren't calling the shots. Listen, if we did everything our body wants to do, how many know we'd be in deep trouble, wouldn't we? Because our bodies don't crave health. <laughs> they just don't. They, don't, they don't. they don't wake up in the morning going, man, I want to eat some kale. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> no, my body wakes up and says, I want a donut and some coffee, right? Bagel with lots of cream cheese. I mean, you know, it's, it, our bodies don't need to call the shots. In fact, our bodies get in the way so often of what God wants to happen. Our spirit may want to do something, but our bodies rise up and say, no way. It happened, it happened to the followers of Jesus. Check this out, Matthew 26. Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus praying before he goes to the cross. He says, then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. 
Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So often our, our body's like, man, I don't feel like getting up and going to church. Come on. I mean, I can make it to work on time, but I don't feel like going to church. Our bodies will, will rebel against the very things we need in our lives. They rebel against the spirit. And it's the same in our physical life. I, I know you, should, you know, it's like, it's like I know you should go work out. My body says, what's in the refrigerator? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't equate, right? Because our bodies are fighting against the things we know we should do. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 4 says that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. You, you know what God's saying to us? He says, listen, if your body's calling the shots, you're out of order. We are body, soul, and spirit. And the spirit is what connects to God. And if it connects to God, it ought to be calling the shots in our lives. That's where the spiritual discipline of fasting comes in. People think that you fast to get something from God. That's not true. You fast because you're you're disciplining your body to say, I want my spirit man to be in charge of my life. I don't want this flesh because flesh goes after things that lead to to death, not things to life. So we got to recognize that God says we need to be holy and honorable. There's this word in the Bible we always kind of get around. It's that word gluttony, right? You know, we talk about everybody else's sin, but we don't talk about gluttony. But, you know, gluttony, it really is the same term as debauchery. Maybe you have an older version of the Bible. And what that really means is this. It means any excessive indulgence. It means your body's going past the line. It's, it's going beyond the limits that God has called for us in our lives. Listen, I, 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 I love that God has provided us with all things. In fact, I believe that God had everything to do with the creation of ice cream. Can I get a witness on that? I, I really do. But to eat the whole carton is of the devil. I'm just going to tell you that right now, okay? There, there's that limit that says, hey, there's some good things that we can partake of. They just should not take over our lives. First Thessalonians 5, 23 says this, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we've got to recognize God wants our bodies to be motivated so that we are witnesses, because he's called us to be holy, but also, and I think this is the most important, and that is that we would honor God with our lives. That we would honor God with our lives. Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That's why we engage the whole person when we come and worship at hope. We don't want to stand there and just kind of take it in. We get engaged in this because he says this whole body of ours is a living sacrifice that ought to bring glory and, and joy to our God. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, this is where most people go when they talk about this subject, says this. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Look at your neighbor right now and say, I'm a temple. Would you do that? You've probably never said that in your life. I am a temple. God just doesn't want you to be a mega church, okay? So um, he says, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I thought you would like that. Who is in you? And whom you've received from God, let's get serious, you are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your what? Bodies. God made us. He said it's good. God designed us. He he breathed life into us. But then what did we do? We went our own way and sinned. (laughs) We went our own way and turned our backs on God and said, we're going to do life our way. But what did he do? 
He bought us back. Not only did he make us, he bought us back. We're not our own. I don't know about you, but have you ever noticed in life how you kind of take better care of things that are somebody else's than you do sometimes of your own? Like if you borrow somebody's car or borrow the two, you kind of take better care of that? Well, guess what? We're not our own anyway. We've been bought back by the price of the blood of Jesus Christ. And because of that, God says to honor him with our bodies. You know, we live in a day of moral relativism, don't we? It's very much just do what you feel, do what you want. Nobody's business but yours. Just follow your feelings. But can I tell you, as a believer, we don't get to make that call. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we don't get to make that call because we belong, we belong to God. So in these bodies, he says, listen, if you're holy and set apart, let there be no sexual immorality in these bodies. Let, let there be no drunkenness in these bodies. Let there be no gluttony in these bodies. Why? Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And what we want to do is create a space in our life that God is welcome, and that God is honored. And God is praised. Listen, you know, it's kind of easier for us because we meet in a high school, but sometimes we get this mixed up. You don't come to church on Sunday. You are the church seven days a week. But the church gathers together in buildings or places like this, and we worship God together. But we're the church. Wherever you are, that's where God is. And we need to make a place where he should feel welcome in our place. So what do we do this? How, what do we do with this? What does our there look like? I'm going to give you some scripture today. I want to give you some comfort today. And some encouragement. I want to tell you right now, this is not, this is not about, my aim is not about this morning uh, giving you some kind of a weight loss program, all right? I, I've seen people like the Jerusalem diet and the Jehovah, I, I, don't, I don't know. There, there's all kind of stuff out there. What I want to talk to you about is how can God help you? How can God help you to set some goals to say, I'm going to take better care of this body? of this temple of the Holy Spirit in the years to come, all right? Because if you don't have a goal, listen, you're going you're gonna to end up where you are or worse. Me personally, it's very simple. God, God has called me first to be a husband to my wife, Denise. And I owe it to her to take care of this. You follow? I, I owe it to her. It's very serious to me. I owe it to her to take very good care of this because I want to take care of her. God also called me to be a father. Britt and Wes and Chloe, they, they need me, and I, they don't think they need me sometimes, but they need me, and I owe it to them that, that I take care of this so I can help them as they grow older. Listen, God's called me to be a pastor. I don't take that lightly at all, and I owe it to you. I owe it to you to take care of this because I don't want my body to take me out of my calling. I, I'm going to get older. Just the way it goes, right? It's going to happen. But I want, I want to be able to continue the calling of God in my life and not limit it because I didn't take care of this. So what do I do? I, you know, you, you do what you can do. You walk all the, So here's my thing. It's not to say, let me give you five easy steps to get healthy. That's not what we're talking about this morning. But there are practical areas of life the Bible speaks to that we need to incorporate every single one of us. Proverbs 4.20 says this. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you five things. Write them down, all right? We won't dwell on them too much. Uh, this is not a weight loss program. It's just saying if you're going to be serious about taking care of this body, the Scripture says there are five things that need to be included in our lives. And it's interesting. I asked our resident doctor, Dr. Jeremy, I said, hey, if you had five minutes with somebody, you had five things to tell them, what would you tell them about being in better shape or taking care of their bodies? And it's amazing. The things he wrote down are the very things that God, God's Word says we need in our lives. So guess what? God knew more about medicine than we did, and amen. The Bible gives us clarity. 
clarity of how to take care of our lives. So the first thing is this. If we're going to take care of these temples of the Holy Spirit, the first thing that needs to be in our life some way is discipline. It's discipline. We all are like, yay, discipline. We hate discipline. You know, come on. I worry about people that's like, oh, I love working out. I worry about you. I really do. I really do. I, yeah, I, get on the tr- I get on the treadmill or the elliptical, and I see the clock in front of me, and I'm like, oh, really? And, you know, it's always about five minutes before I'm supposed to end. My body's saying, stop, stop. And I have to fight through that to say, no, keep going, finish it out, prove that you can do this, right? Discipline. I, it's something that we have to recognize that not everything in life is fun. Can I get an amen? Not everything in life is enjoyable, but yet there are a lot of things in life we just need to do. And discipline is what drives us into that, all right? The Bible says there's this war going on inside of us. Romans 7, Paul was talking about, he says, you know the things I know I should do, I don't do. And but the things I, I know I shouldn't do, those things I find myself doing. And it, it paints this really bleak picture. But then he stops, he goes, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So discipline is is connecting to God and saying, God, though my body doesn't want to, Lord, help me to live a life that is disciplined so that it works, God, and my, my body is a witness of who you want me to be. Hebrews 12, 11 says it clear. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. So we need that, that element of discipline in our bodies. And, and just to kind of put a little bow around that, discipline involves not only what we do with these bodies, but what goes into these bodies, all right? It's both sides. And it includes rest. We're going to talk a lot about that in just a moment, all right? So the first thing we have to recognize, there needs to be some kind of element of discipline in our lives if these bodies are going to be a witness to Jesus Christ. The second thing is exercise. I mean, you know, you, you, can't, you can't get around it. You, you just do something, right? Whatever that is, just do something every day. And video games do not count, okay? <laughs> do not count. You can be running on a video game. It does no good for your body, okay? I'm just telling you right now. So those don't count. But you need some kind of exercise. And you know, now, now, listen, pastor, my job does not bode well, okay? Because what do I do when I see you? We tend to eat, don't we? We tend to sit a lot. We drink way too much coffee. And all day, little Carter asked me, he says, what do you do during the week? <laughs> he says, do you just like sit around a lot on the computer? And I said, sadly, yeah, <laughs> I do. Because <laughs> there's a lot of study and, and prayer. And, you know, it's, 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 you got to get up and move, right? You got to, physical training, 1 Timothy 4.8 says this, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. I, I, I used to love to run. I, I, Wit amazes me. We, he's not here today, Mr. Bar- Marathon Runner. I used to love to run because there is something that kicks in and all that. But as I've gotten older, the knees say no. So I, I walk. I, I walk the dog. I walk as fast as I can. Some days better than others. I get on the elliptical. i got to do something to get this body in motion because according to Dr. Jeremy and the Word, the more you move, the better you sleep. The better you feel, the better you think, and the better you look, just to name a few benefits, all right? So we need something in our lives that gets our bodies moving. And as you get older, you need to add a little weights in there. That's just Mike's advice to you, okay? So it has to involve discipline, exercise, but it also has to include, number three, some kind of change to your diet. We live in the worst part of our world <laughs> to deal with this. 
don't go to the fair right now, okay? I mean, we fry everything. It's uh, when, when Denise and I got married, her mom was from Arkansas, and she taught Denise how to cook. I gained 20 pounds our first year of marriage because everything was fried and had gravy, and it was awesome, but it wasn't, it wasn't real good for me. So I had to tell her, baby, if you want me to be your husband long, we've got to change something, all right? And uh, that's why she's become the amazing cook she is because she went to school on cooking. But 1 Corinthians 6 says this about our diet. It says, I have the right to do anything. I can eat Krispy Kreme all day long. I have a right, okay? But not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You know, it, it matters. It, it just does. And I'm so thankful for the day we live in. We become more conscious about what we eat and where it comes from and all that stuff. So, so you need to look at not only just quantity, but also quality. And, and when you do that, recognize this. And, and this was a, something Jeremy helped me out on this. Don't, don't buy into all the fads. People do some silly things trying to get in shape. And they actually harm themselves. My, my former children's pastor, I thought she was going to die. She went on one of those pills that now they've like, you can't even take them anymore. And her heart like literally almost stopped on her. It was, it was stupid just to go on vacation. Listen, be sensible, all right? You're not going to lose 40 pounds in a year, all right? It's not going to happen or in a week or five days. You know, the, the ab master, whatever those things, just forget it, okay? Just let God guide you. Get some good experience, some health around you, and, and, and follow some things that are good. Jeremy shared with me. He said, if you want to Google a diet, Google a diet called DASH, D-A-S-H. It came out years ago for controlling high blood pressure, and studies have proven that's actually the best thing out there, and nobody's talking about it, all right? So diet, number four, because this is where it gets good, rest. Rest. Can I tell you that most of us live lives right now that dishonor God? Most of us live lives and we're teaching our kids to dishonor God. I knew it'd get quiet in that moment. Because the Bible says that these bodies need rest. This thing called the Sabbath wasn't a good idea for a season, it was God's plan for our lives. He says, Six days you're going to work, but on the seventh day you rest. You don't do anything. You, you, you break away. And, and you don't do anything to produce anything with your hands because you're taking a day to say everything I have comes not from my ability but comes from God's blessing in my life. That's Sabbath. And I know you're sitting there and saying, well, Mike, we're at church. Come on, we're already here. It's good. But it's not about showing up for an hour and saying I've done my Sabbath thing. It's about literally shutting down for a day and giving your body opportunity to, to build up and to rest in your life. Listen, I know we live in a generation, a day that pushes us so hard, demands so much out of us. Our families are stressed all the time because we're in like five sports and dance class and judo and hockey and everything else. And honestly, it dishonors God. Psalm 127 says, In vain you rise early and stay up late, tolling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those who he loves. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we build into our lives? It's, it's a very simple principle. It's one out of seven. <laughs> you, just, you just put it in your life. It's one out of seven. Say, there is one day I am not going to, I'm going to honor God completely on that day. I'm going to shut down, and I'm going to schedule rest into my life. It's an amazing principle. People don't get this. Some of these guys building businesses, and I know you're, you're trying to make it work. You want to take care of your family. Can I tell you, working seven days a week is hurting your family much more than it is you trying to work? It, it's the tithing principle. We don't understand it. How God says, even with your money, he says, listen, if you, if you trust that with 90%, because you're going to give 10% to, to the Lord's work, he said, if you trust that I'll take care of you on 90%, we don't get that. 
But those of us that practice that principle understand it works. It's amazing. It's the same with your bodies. You shut down that day of the week, you rest, you recharge. God will help you do more in six days than you could ever accomplish in seven days. When I was a CPA, we went on these binges. Uh, We called it busy season. And there were times I was working seven days a week, sometimes 14, 21 days in a row, 10, 12 hours a day, sometimes even overnight. And you know what I learned after a while? And when I got in the management side of it was, they were producing no more on those days than if I'd given them the day off anyway because they were so tired, they were just coasting through it. Our bodies need rest. We need the, we're taught that adults need seven to nine hours of sleep per night. How many got seven to nine hours of sleep last night? Can I see your hands? God bless you. I got four. My neighbor's having a party. I love them. Yeah. I'm hurting right now. Teens. Kids need 10 to 12 hours. That doesn't happen much. Why? To restore brain function, to calm our anxieties, to slow the aging process, to prevent disease, to strengthen our immune system, to reduce stress. Did you know that you're sleeping is one of the best things you can do for your stress? We need, we need time to sleep. Y'all are like, I want a nap right now. Yeah. Some of y'all are taking a nap right now. You clocked off a while ago. I get it. He's like, man, he's talking about my body, man. What is up with that? You're not your own. You were bought with a price. And that leads to the last thing, and this is, this is so critical. If we're going to really take care of ourselves, the greatest thing we need to add to our lives is this, and that is God first of all. God above all, in all, and through all. Listen, he created us. He knows how we work. He knows what works best in our lives. And serving Christ has an impact not only on your spiritual life and your eternity, it has also an impact on your physical life as well. We've all met people who are bound in sin, and you can tell it is wearing their bodies out. I've met with people, and we sit down and counsel, and I'll ask them how old they are, and I find out they're 30, and I just swore they were 50. Because sin has wreaked such havoc on their bodies. When you know Christ... You put him at the center of your life, and you start now, young people. You start now. You don't wait till later. You start now. I, I believe this. It just makes you that much more beautiful. It makes you that much more engaging. I think it makes you that much more uh, desirable in life. Why? Because the effect of sin has been broken off, and now the peace and the joy and the love of Christ is flowing through us. Proverbs 14.30 says this, A heart at peace gives life to the body. Gang, listen. We have one life. We have one body. God says there is one God who we can serve with our whole hearts through Jesus Christ. And when we do, he said, everything flows to you. Everything flows to you. I I, I understand. We live in a sin-cursed, messed-up world. I understand we fight diseases. We fight growing old. There's stuff that are out of our control. But if you have a spirit that is connected to God, even in the worst situation of your life, I'm going to tell you, you can radiate the joy and the peace of Christ around you so that others say that, that is a follower of Jesus Christ. So everyone ends up somewhere, but few end up somewhere on purpose. I wrote in my notes this morning, living long sounds good, but living well sounds a whole lot better. God loves you. And he has so much to do in each of your lives. I'm amazed by you. I'm amazed by the gifts and talents you guys have. I'm amazed by the love you're able to share. 
And, and I, I'm just being a very selfish, very selfish statement right now, and that's this. Take care of yourself because I want to hang around you a long time, okay? I, I want to grow old with most of you, all right? Some, I'm not so sure. Most of you. I didn't, that didn't come out right. Did I say I had four hours of sleep last night? It, uh, it does affect your thinking. Here's the thing. You may be here and you're like, I'm trying to get life together. And the world tells you how to do it. You can buy magazines and books, how to get life together. But the one thing the world leaves out is the one thing that makes life work. And that is to have your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. That's, that's where it's at. Because from there flows health, joy, and strength in life. I, I, I love hanging out with older saints, okay? Seasoned saints. I've loved it ever since I was in my 20s. I was, I was a pastor at 28 years old. People say, I got grandkids older than you. I'm like, yeah, they're not your pastor though, okay? I love hanging out because those that I can see, they have gone after Christ. There is a beauty that forms in them that even when this body starts wearing out and when, when it seems like the world's pressure just kind of starts breaking it down, there is a joy about them that can only be explained in one way, and that is this. They have served the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and they love him with their whole hearts. And that's what I want for all of us because you know what? The Bible says it is appointed for man once to die. We all know we're going to get there, but let's don't rush it, amen? Let's live it out what God wants us. I've had people say, well, he's numbered my days, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it does, because you can sure cut those days short by choices we make. So God bless you. Let's go eat chili, right? Yeah. Hey, stand with me this morning. I, I knew this would be kind of a fun day, different day. But man, when I first was laying out this series, I put my finger on this on this day. I said, you know, this is something that we don't talk about a lot, but it's so, so, so important. We get one shot, one shot on this earth to be a witness. We get one shot on this earth to be the husband or the dad or the friend. We get one shot to be the worshiper. I just want us to live well. I want us to live with a joy in our hearts. I want us to live with a peace about us. I want us to live in a way that honors God with our whole hearts. How about you? Amen? Amen. Let me pray with you. We're going to enter into a response time, and we're going to come and celebrate a a very thing that promises health into us. And that is when we honor God, even in communion, because what the Word tells us about communion is this, that when we come and partake by faith, what we're saying is because Jesus took upon himself the brokenness of our sin and the, and, and the, and the, the beatings and all the things he took upon himself, he says that he brings wholeness to our lives, and that's what God wants in us, wholeness. Then when we dip it in the juice, we say, God, thank you again. I've been cleansed. I've been washed. I am free from the bondage of sin, death, and hell. I am fresh and new in Christ. And that's what we're going to do today. So I encourage you this morning, if you are one that has not yet made Christ the center of your life, it's time. If you're one that kind of just trying to make life work on your own terms, it's not going to go well. But if you put Christ center, he'll guide you, he'll lead you, he'll never forsake you. Let's pray. Father, love you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your love for us. Thank you, God, that, Lord, you speak into every area of our lives, God. And, Father, you want health, God. 
in every aspect of who we are, God. Father, you want health in our relationships, God. You want health in our our worship, God. Father, you want health in our thinking, God. God, you want health in our bodies. God, you want health in our sexual life. God, every part of us, God. God, you designed us, you made us, you equipped us. Now, God, help us to honor you, God. And I pray today, God, if there are those that God have not yet decided, Lord, to make you Lord of all, then God, today, Father, that's the best choice they can make over anything else, God. Because, Lord, there is a peace that comes that brings health to our bones, God, and we are at peace with you. So, Father, I ask you today to help us to draw nearer to you, God. And even as we come, God, today and celebrate, God, as as those that are believers and followers of Christ, God, today, Father, I pray as we come and celebrate communion, let it take on a fresh experience this morning to us, that, God, you have provided wholeness to us when our confidence and our hope is firmly in you. God, I love you. God, I praise you. And I thank you, God, for this life you've called us to and this season you've called us in, God. Let us shine like stars in a dark sky, God because our lives are following who you are. I love you. I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.